witchy stuff. You boy working the boards. Unbelievable. That's my favorite intro, uh, intro thus far. By far. That's Mike and the Mechanics running silent. Really into that song recently. Into 80s music. I guess I, uh, I always have been. It's got feeling. It's got soul. Makes you feel something. Makes you whatever. It's like, it's just good. I'm like digging deep into like shit I never heard in the 80s before. I'll have another one for you next week, you know. Everybody knows the crew, but sometimes you got to switch it up. I've been trying to switch it up this week, keeping it fresh, clean, movie star clean. So I've had a pretty good week. Went to the zoo ski. Hold on, moving my mics around. It might clickety clack down the track. Went to the zoo ski with the little guy on Saturday. It was just our first outing in public. Well, not our first outing. He was at Menards day one, basically. He was looking at he was looking at flips the second day he was born. He was in a flip. Um sad is that ethical um so we took the little guy to the zoo ski so um my wife last week the middle of the week my wife was like hey we're gonna go to the zoo with uh, my friend blank and her son blank and um i'm like oh man i was like oh, oh awesome like on the outside but on the inside i was like oh fuck the zoo i hate the zoo you know it's like every time you go to the zoo it's a million degrees and you have to walk a ton so it's like i have a ton of memories of the zoo being hot and like walking and my feet splitting open with blisters and my socks full of blood i imagine that's pretty much everyone's like experience at the zoo but so we we had to get there right at 9 a.m right when the gates open and now because of the co-viddler on the loose you have to you have to like reserve a time and like they only let so many people in. So it's like, well, that's like kind of good because the zoo here is like a major attraction. It gets packed like 20. I think sometimes there's like 10,000 people that go to the zoo in one day there. It's a big, 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 big deal. So I had to be there at 9 a.m. So I'm like, okay, like whatever. Woke up, had a stress dream, woke up at like 5 a.m., tossed and turned, couldn't get back to sleep. So I'm like, I'm up for the day, I guess. <sighs> Go into the kitchen and I'm like, you know, I'm going to like make myself a big old lumberjack breakfast. I get the pans out, cook myself up a big old uh, egg, egg, uh, sausage, the whole nine. And then I'm like, well, I'm like, I'm pretty tired. I need to like drink some coffee. So I drink four or five cups of coffee. What the hell do you think happens when you eat a gigantic breakfast and you drink a whole bunch of cups of coffee? You get explosive diarrhea. So check, add that. So I was like, well, okay, it's still pretty early. And maybe I have it under control, but it's like, there was still a lot of gurgling going on. So it's like, do I like bring an extra pair of underwear and like put it in a fanny pack or something? Do I need to like wear a man pawn? A man pawn is a, a like a napkin folded in half you put between your butt cheeks. Very common in New York City, I've been told. Um, so we're like riding on the way there. I'm like covered in like a cold sweat, you know, just waiting for something to go horribly wrong. Thank God nothing did. <clears throat> so we get there and uh, you have to like wear a mask. <sighs> You have to wear a mask at the zoo, not on the outside, but like on the inside attractions. So it's like, 
you probably by this time have figured out my feelings about the mask. Not a big mask fan. Not part of the cult of the mask. Um, so I'm dreading it. I'm dreading wearing the mask. But the mask, we went into the first building. Loving the mask. It's awesome. I can't smell any of the stinky animals. And I can't smell any of the stinky people. Of which there were many, judging by their looks. So that was like awesome. And I didn't have to smell anyone's like stinky ass food they were eating. Like we're walking around the rainforest and there's people like chowing down on nachos. What? Where did you get nachos? The concessions aren't open. Did you bring nachos from home? I hate people's stinky food. It grosses me out. I I like hate eating. It's just, it's gr- I love eating, but I hate seeing people eat. I, I hate stinky food. So like when I used to have an office job, this is like one of the main reasons I couldn't handle it is like, no matter what, like you're at your cubicle, it's like 1030 in the morning and you smell somebody microwaving stuff. And it's like always people like put shit in the microwave and then they microwave stuff till it explodes. It's like, maybe I want to use the microwave. You go over to the microwave, you open it up and it's like someone had microwaved like a casserole in here until it exploded like a fucking IED. Gross. It's like, maybe I wanted to use that, but the inside of it looks like a, like a, a murder scene, you know, it looks like somebody like blew themselves up. <sighs> that ain't good. <laughs> so, um, I'm like, where are people like getting this food? And I was like, th- that week, like last week, I've been like kind of feeling a little like a bad about myself. Cause it's like, I put on my COVID-19, I put on a little baby weight, right? So I'm like kind of feeling bad about myself. And then I go to the zoo and I see the general public feel great about myself now. Thought about popping my shirt off at the zoo. So I realized that I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm never going to be like on my 600 pound life because I only eat like a couple times a day. Other people like never stop eating. It's unbelievable. So two years ago, we, me and my wife went to uh, the a national bingo tournament in Las Vegas. That's right. Your boy made it to nationals. So you're probably saying, well, why the hell would you go to like play like at a national bingo tournament? Well, they play four rounds of bingo per day. And if you, if you win the last game, which is like cover your whole thing, it paid, uh, I think, $100,000, if I remember correctly. So that's like a pretty good payday if you win. But we were next to this family of horrendous fatzos. And the husband was um, super fat. And they were like constantly eating. So this was like a two or three day thing. It's like that fucker was like popping Skittles. He was eating hot dogs. He was eating chili dogs. He was eating like pizza. One day they brought KFC it's like you can't like go a couple hours without eating your stinky food. <sighs> so that disgusts me. Um, so anyway, uh, we're wearing our mask and we're walking into the rainforest. And my, my wife walks over to a sign and points at it and it says, um, please like wear your mat, please wear your mask. Um, and it gave some reasons. And one of the last reasons was to protect the animals. To protect the animals? The animals in the rainforest are a different species than me. Number one. Number two, they're like 200 yards away. I mean, they're like, you're not like up, you're not like wrestling around with a koala. You know, they're like 100 yards away. 
You're seeing it at a distance. It's not a petting zoo. And even if it was, it's like... <clears throat> so that was idiotic, but it gets better. We go into the aquarium and there's a bunch of signs that say the same thing. Um, fish don't even breathe air. They breathe in water, number one. Number two, they're in sealed aquariums. We're in a different room. <sighs> so it's like, is that just like for kids? Like, that's real stupid. Um, Hold on, I'm shooting a text. That's all right. It's my show. I can do whatever I want. Um, sorry, real boring. So, what, what am I saying now? Oh, God, it's going off the rails. <laughs> no, um, so that was weird. So then I was, like, talking to my mother-in-law about it, my rant about the zoo and, like, wearing your mask. Don't sneeze on a turtle. <laughs> so I was telling her about it, and she's like, oh, yeah, like, I have a client that's a zookeeper there. And she's like, one time we were talking, and the and my client was like, hopefully the animals don't start getting sick. <laughs> what? Hopefully the animals don't? How gullible are you? Like, wake the fuck up. It's a different species. <sighs> Literally, I can't. How sad. So, anyway, we do that. The, the zoo actually turns out to be, like, pretty fun. Uh, the masks weren't like a huge deal. I got over it. I don't have any choice but to get over it. So the little guy had a lot of fun. He just loved it. We took him into the aquarium and there's like a penguin exhibit and he was like totally laughing, giggling, loved him. So, uh, we put that up on the YouTube. No, not the YouTube. Sorry. We put that on Facebook. Just loving it. So this week, uh, I think I talked about this last week. It's like, I've been doing this, uh, um, Working on this bathroom for this girl. It's a great girl, great family, but I've just been like chip, chip, chipping away at it. Just chipperoo. Couple hours here, couple hours there. Waiting for the mud to dry, waiting for the paint to dry, waiting for the caulking to dry. So I like almost have it figged, figured out. I'm almost done or whatever. And um, I'm like, I don't know, this, this might not be for me. You know, like I like doing it on my own stuff, but whatever. So I'm getting into this like demo and getting into this doing like, maybe doing the old trash out thing again. So I turned my leads on, starting to get some leads for like uh, trash removal, some demo stuff for Home Advisor. I turned it on Monday morning. Right off the bat at like 8 a.m., I got like five requests for jobs to do. So I was like, well, I don't have like that much time today. You know, I'm doing this uh, flippity-dippity. So, <laughs> so I was like, I can do like a couple things. So I responded to one guy, and he literally lived like a quarter mile away from my house. And he was like, I need some, like, cardboard boxes taken to the recycling. And I, so I called him, and I'm like, yeah, I can do that. And uh, he's like, well, how much is it? I'm like, it's, it's I, I was like, I have to charge you, like, 50 or 60 bucks because I have to pay, like, for the lead. And he's like, oh, that's fine. Like, no problem. Oh, <laughs> no problem. Haul off some boxes, like, four boxes for me for 60 bucks. Dash was it. <laughs> Thank you, Pedro. Thank you, Edgar. Um, so I did that. And then later that day, like a, a guy was like, Hey, I have some like boards and stuff in my basement. I need hauled off. And I was like, Oh yeah, I can like do that. You know, not a problem. So I did it for 125 bucks. And the guy was like, yeah, you can like pull your truck right into my, like the yard of my house up against like the back door of the ha my house. So I was like, Dash was it. So I did that. 
that was a quick 125 bucks. And he's like, you did a great job. We loved it. So he like gave me a tip. I'm like, cool. Preesh. Probably thought I was like struggling. Like I'm poor. Like hey, you poor bastard. You like picking up garbage. That's one good thing about picking up garbage is people are like, this guy's like scraping by. I'll like toss him some extra cash. It's like, you don't know. This is like my 10th thing I've done today. So I like that because like when you're like do it, when people like see my like Facebook thing and they're like, oh, this guy does like high end remodels and like flips houses. He must be a cash money millionaire. It's like, no, I'm not. That's what I like about the trash thing. People are like, well, this guy like needs the money. <laughs> so it's like real good. So I'm loving it. <clears throat> I'm getting like, so I'm on Home Advisor, which is a, well, you can, you can Google it if you don't know what it is. Uh, I'm on Home Advisor. I'm on Thumbtack. I'm getting like six to six to 10 things a day come through, like requests for people who are like, yeah, I need some like stuff hauled off my property. Okay. So if you charge a minimum of 125, which is what I'm going to charge, um, you do 10 of those a day, that's like a thousand bucks. So I'm like, I'm going to go get like a box truck. I found a couple of box trucks, like old U-Hauls. Cause now U-Haul, they don't keep stuff until there's like a million miles on it. They keep it for like, I think they just lease them for a couple of years, like directly from like GM and Ford. Then they get rid of them and they're like low miles. When I say low miles, like a hundred thousand miles, not super low, but it's like, you can like buy a used one for like 10 grand. And it's like, okay, if I could get like a 16 foot long U-Haul, like you can make a, what, 30 stops before that thing's full basically at 125, $300 per stop. Then you take it to the dump. I think that the dump fee for like a full U-Haul would be like, I don't know, $100. So that's pretty sweet. And they get bad gas mileage, but it's like they get like 10. That's not that bad, really. So super intriguing, really loving it. So it's like I'm probably going to like focus on that because that's straightforward. And uh, and like people appreciate it. So like both the guys I did work for, they gave me like five-star reviews and like little write-ups. Very nice. Couple sweethearts. So we got that popping. And then I'll always I'm watching movies when I can on Pluto TV, on the Plute, the old Plute flute. So I got into some good flicks this last week. I watched uh, Day of the Dead, a zombie movie. I believe it's a sequel to Night of the Living Dead. One of the sequels, but it's like in the 80s. Really stupid. Um but like it's stupid, but it's like also like kind of fun because it's like before CGI, but so they do like the kind of special effects where it's like they like will f make a paper mache head and then like fill it up with spaghetti and then shoot it with a shotgun to like <laughs> to mimic like a zombie getting shot. Then the other thing I noticed when I was watching is like all the zombies are wearing like they, they dress the zombies up like the village people which is really funny. So it's like at the beginning of the movie, they like land in, um, hold up. Sorry. Really sad stuff. I don't know how to edit these. So you're just going to have to like, listen to me text. <laughs> That's not good. Dead air. Nothing like dead air for a podcast. Where were we? Oh, so the beginning of the movie, they land in like da like South Beach or something. It's based in Florida, you know. I think in the 80s, like South Florida must have been like super cheap to film in or something. 
So it's based in Miami, and they, they land they land a helicopter in South, South Beach to, like, see if there's any survivors there or something. And then, like, all the zombies start, like, coming out of the buildings, and they're literally dressed like the village people. It's like, there's a doctor zombie, there's a fireman, there's a police officer, there's a... Like an Indian chief, you know, and it's like, there wouldn't be that much fucking like jaw, you know, there, here comes an astronaut, like here comes an army guy. It's like, there wouldn't be that much job <laughs> diversity, you know? So that's fun. The other thing is, uh, the gore, like I said, is just, it's just fantastic. So I was like, we're on a roll. That's a, like a fun movie. I've seen it before. It's fun. So I'm like, well, let's like, let's, let's really, you know, roll the dice here. So I came across a movie called The Adventures of Remo Williams, which it looks like it was made in the late 70s. And it stars the guy from Tremors, who's not Kevin Bacon, the guy with like kind of slicked over black hair. I've seen him in Tremors. I've seen him like in one or two other movies. The dude's not famous, but I guess they like tried to make him famous in this movie. It's like kind of like an action movie. I read the description. It was like hardened New York cop becomes like a member of an elite special crime fighting unit or something. So I'm like, oh, that's cool. And it's like old New York. So I'm like, oh, yeah, old New York, real hard ass shit. So I'm like, I'll I'll give it a try. So let me paint the picture for you. It starts off and it shows the main character, Remo. I don't know his name in real life. Remo, and he's, like, sitting under a bridge, you know, like a bridge, like, in Brooklyn or maybe in Harlem, uh, something like that, you know, and he's just drinking his coffee, and he's got a, a Jets coffee mug, you know. He does, he's one of those kind of guys that don't take any shit from anyone, and this is, like, old New York, like Ed Koch, New York, you know, like, you ride the subway and a teen stabs you with a sharpened screwdriver, you know what I'm talking about? Oh, shit, tea, you know, that kind of stuff. So he's like sitting in his like cop car, like drinking coffee. And he's like, hey, Giants, uh, Giants, Jets, uh, forget about it. Rigatoni, hey, what the fuck? So <clears throat> he's sitting there drinking coffee and he has like a big mustache. He's just a, like a street cop, you know, nothing crazy. And then like a, the his uh, police radio like crackles and it's like, hey, car 51, uh, get off your ass. We got a blobbity blonde progress. Like, get on it. And he's like, oh, fuck, I'm car 51. What the hell's going on here? And then like two guys run by and then, like one guy runs by and two guys chasing him. So he's like, oh, shit. Whoa, T, what the fuck? So. He like is like that must be it, and he like run. He like drives off to like go see like stop whatever's happening. So these like two guys start beating up this like um, other guy, and the guy they're beating up is a black guy, person of color. Sorry, they're all like dressed like punks, like punk rockers, you know. So he like gets out of the car. He's like, hey, what the fuck's going on here? And he like grabs the guy that's like getting beat, like pulls the guys that are like beating up the like black guy and like throws him off. And then he's like, oh, you all right? And then like the black guy like kind of goes in the background. So he's, like, starting to arrest the other two guys. Then the black guy, like, takes a board with a nail through it and hits him over the head. He goes down immediately. So I'm like, oh, this is, like, getting off to a good start. They just murdered the main character. This is, like, coming up. This is awesome. So he, like, gets up. And he's like, oh, what the fuck? So he, like, starts beating everybody up. And he, like, beats them. I guess he beats them to death. And then the last guy... The black guy, sorry, person of color, he like is 
that guy's like laying on the ground, but he's like still like moving around. So he like grabs his head and then he like takes his gun out and pistol whips him over the face. So I'm like, whoa. And he's like, oh. and then he like gets in his car and he's like, oh, whoa, what the fuck? <clears throat> so I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Like, this is pre-police brutality. This is back when you were like, oh, yeah. Was that like police brutality to like one of these guys? And they're like, whoa, police brutality. That's part of the job. You know, that kind of thing. So he goes back in his car and he like grabs his uh, Jets uh, uh, coffee and he takes a drink and he's like, whoa, what the fuck was that about? And then like a semi smashes into his car and pushes it into the East River. So then he's like drowning. He's like, whoa, what the hell the fuck do I get out of here? What's going on? Uh, oh, T, you know, that kind of thing. So then there's like you see his car sinking in the East River, and then there's, like, divers down there waiting, and you're like, oh, this is cool. Ooh, spooky. So then um, then you see, like, a, a funeral going on, and then by the casket is, like, a picture of that cop. So you're like, oh, he's dead, obviously. Or is he? And then you see him, and he's, like, waking up out of, like, a out of a hospital. He's in a hospital bed, and he's, like, waking up. He doesn't have a mustache anymore. <laughs> this is where it starts getting real dumb. He doesn't have a mustache anymore. And then he like wakes up and then he like sees himself in the mirror and he's like, whoa, I look totally different. What's going on here? And you're like, dude, you don't have a, you don't recognize yourself without a mustache. All they did was shave your mustache. What, what are you talking about? He's like, well, they like did surgery on my face. What's going on? It's like, no, they, what? So he's like freaking out about his face. And the nurse comes in. She's like, oh shit. And she runs out. And then this like black guy comes in. And he's like dressed like he's he dresses and he acts like a like shaft, like a black uh like exploitation movie black guy from the seventies. And he's like, You're part of our you're part of our thing now. We're like a super secret uh government black ops crime fighting unit. And you're part of it now. And then it's like, well, he's like, a, it's an elite force. And we recruit from like low level cops, I guess, like middle aged guys, because the guy's like 40. So it's like, that's weird. So he takes him to go see the guy who's like in charge of this organization. <clears throat> and it's the I got diabetes guy, <laughs> Wilford Brimley. So that's like funny automatically. And then they're like talking to the Remo, the main character, who's like, oh, what's going on here? Fettuccine, whoa, Mastacholi, forget about it, Jets, Knicks, you know. They're talking to him, and then like, in that, that starting from that scene for the rest of the movie, he doesn't have an accent, a New York accent, it's just gone. So you're like, oh, okay, this is like getting really weird and stupid. So they're like, all right, you like start tomorrow night, which doesn't make sense either because it's like, where's he sleep? What? Where's he living? So because he's dead, that was the, you know, it's like, you don't have an identity anymore. You're dead. So then they're like, it skips to like the next day and they're like, okay, like here's your first target for assassination. It's like, okay, <laughs> assassination right off the bat. And they're like, okay, the guy is like in that building on the fifth floor, like go in through the basement and, uh go up there and like murder him. And this guy's a killer. So don't even think, just pull the trigger. So it's like, okay, well maybe this movie is going to be all right. So he like goes in through this basement door and there's like an Asian guy 
really stereotypical Asian guy, like sitting on the floor in front of a table in like pajamas, the whole nine yards, doing Asian-y things, you know, painting or something, or like trimming, trimming like one of those trees, you know, really stereotypical. That's fine. That's fine. That's not my truth, but it's fine. So he like runs by that guy and tries to like go up like a flight of stairs to a door, but the door's locked and he's like, hey, how do I like get out of here? And the Asian guy's like, oh, so way you came in. And he's like, well, I can't go back out there because these guys sent me in here um, to like kill your boss. I have to find another way out. And he's like, there's no one else in this building but me. And he's like, oh, well, like we got it. Like these guys are trying to kill you. And he's like, no, I kill you now. So you're like, oh, this could be like, like a sweet showdown. <clears throat> and then, so this Remo guy's like, oh God, like I'm in trouble. So he pulls his gun and like shoots at the Asian guy. But then the Asian guy's like, oh, and like bends out of the way and like keeps like dodging bullets until he's like right up in his face. And then they like start like hand-to-hand combat, but it's like just the Asian guy like moving out of the way. And then this Remo guy's like punching so hard that he like flings himself into walls and he's like, oh, oh, like knocking himself out. And then he like flings himself like down a flight of stairs by like over punching. It's like no one punches like that. What? This is stupid. So then you find out that it's like that Asian guy is like really his like new trainer. He like lives with the Asian guy, turns into like karate kid. The movie goes completely off the rails. And this guy you think is an Asian, they like do a close up on his face at the end of the fight scene. It's not even an Asian. It's a fucking white guy. They have like makeup on to make his eyes slanty. You cannot find an Asian guy in New York City in 1976. Dumb. So watch the rest of the movie. It goes completely off the rails. He like has some weird love interest. I don't remember the, the I don't know the actress's name, but she's really over the top too. She's like one of the, she's like come up and see me sometime. It's just fucking stupid. So of course I watched the whole thing. Really sad. Don't watch it. So that was the old weekly Pluto update. The old Plute flute. No. <laughs> Sad. That's not good. <laughs> Thank you, Edgar. Thank you. Um, <laughs> this show's going off the rails. So this is something scary. So um, my uncle has a, ha, like in his family, he has like a, heart issues in his family. And I think like 10 years ago, he had like some stints put in stint skis. So like a couple of weeks ago, he was like, I'm like getting like really like, I'm like a little short of breath. I'm like getting tired. Oh, I, this is good. I have a couple different medical rants for you for dead ass. So he's like, um, I'm like having some, like, I might not be having some like heart things. So he calls into like his heart doctor, the cardiologist or whatever. He's like, hey, I'm like having like shortness of breath and I'm like getting, I'm like really tired all the time. Uh, I've had heart problems in the past and I have heart problems like in my family. So I think I need to like come in and see somebody. And they're like, yeah, we can't see you for like two weeks because of the COVIDler. So just try not to do anything too strenuous, wear your mask and uh, we'll just, uh, don't call us, we'll call you. So he's like, uh, okay, what if I like die of a heart attack in between the, that time? And they're like, eh, you probably won't. You, you should be fine. Okay, so two weeks pass and they're like, yeah, you can like come in. We'll check you out. Wear a mask though. Always wear a mask. We don't want anyone getting a mild cough. So he goes into the cardiologist office and they check him out and they're like, 
yeah dude you have like major blockage in a couple different arteries like we need to do like major we need to do like bypass surgery on you and he's like yeah i i said that two weeks ago and they're like okay well like we're gonna like do it tomorrow so they like put him under like the next day and like do the surgery and anyway and then he this was like tuesday today i'm recording this on what the hell day is it? Wednesday or is it Tuesday today? They put it. They put him under for the surgery on Friday. It's Tuesday. They haven't like woke him up yet. Talk about fucking scary. So, the their initial surgery goes good, and then he gets out of that, and they're like, "Well, he's like bleeding a lot from like the chest tube, so like we need to open him up again." Okay, so they open him up again and cauterize some stuff in his chest, in his uh, around his heart to stop this bleeding from getting out of control. And then they're like, uh, we're like having a hard time waking him up. And it's like, okay. So they're like, well, you know, like when we wake him up, he's like getting a little combative. We don't want him to like stress his heart and like damage his heart. That makes sense. But they're like, eh, just to be sure, like let's do a CT to make sure he's not brain dead and make sure that he hasn't, uh, had a stroke. So it's like, that doesn't sound good. So they do that. And, like, everything is okay, so I guess they're just letting him, like, chill for now and, like, get his strength back. But it's like, God, how fucking scary is that? Really terrifying. And he's older. He's, like, 68 or 70. Really scary stuff. So, hopefully he's fine. He's, uh, he's been through a lot. So, I think, you know, he's, he's tough. I mean, he's older, but he's, like, overall in pretty good health. So, hope th hopefully that works out for him, but... Luckily for me, like, I don't have, like, heart issues in my family. The Hergerts tend to stick around a long time, <laughs> even if they, like, abuse their bodies. So, like, my dad's dad smoked from the time he was, like, 10 till the time he was 84. And uh, I have some other people in my family that lived up to, like, their upper 90s. So I'm going to be around for a while, hopefully. Also, I like die in like a building collapse or like a sick ass shootout with the police. You know, like if I'm robbing a bank and I get out and it's like, where's the getaway van? Where the hell is he? You know, something like that. So don't rule it out. <laughs> I'm not. So anyway, that was a long setup to a, not a very funny joke. Oh, speaking of other. Oh, I have two other medical rants for you. Okay, so the first one is I'm talking to my electrician. And he has a helper, and the helpers, this is, um, <laughs> sorry, hold on. My wife's like, what the hell's going on down there? <laughs> I just pissed the entire house off. Okay, I'll dial it back. <laughs> so, my electrician has a helper, and the helper is dating a girl. And the girl's mom, like, went in for a, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> the helper's mom, like, went in for a pedicure at, at some Vietnamese nail place. And they, like, hadn't, like, cleaned the tools. And they cut her foot, and it got infected. <laughs> the dog thought that sound effect was an owl, and he's freaking out. Sorry. So, <laughs> uh this show is going way off the rails. <laughs> so, okay. So the helper's um, girlfriend's mom went to get a pedicure and 
they accidentally like cut her foot. It got infected. They had to cut her fucking leg off. How traumatic is that? And I guess that was like three or four years ago. But then ever since then, she's been having all these like bizarre like medical problems. So I guess like a week or two ago, she like had a heart attack. And I don't, I think she's in a coma. Scary. Um, that's real scary. So last medical thing. So I felt, I got, the hype got to me. The the hype got to me. Um, And I had something, we're not going to get into what, but I was like, oh my God, like that's a symptom of the coronavirus. And people were like, that is a symptom of the coronavirus. And it was one of these things where it's like, if you go to the CDC website, being alive is a symptom of the, because it's like, God, my joints are stiff. That's a symptom. Thinking about symptoms is a symptom. So I got, I got, the hype got to me. So I was like, well, I better go get checked out. God, God. I've already had the coronavirus. 95% sure I've already had it. Um, But this is interesting. So I go into the doctor's office and I don't know this doctor. My regular doctor wasn't there. So I saw this other guy and he's like, so what's going on? And I was like, well, I'm like having this. And like, I heard this is a symptom of the coronavirus. And he's like, He's like, yeah, it could be, but so could like tons of other things. So he's like, you probably don't have it. And he's like, do you, and he takes my temperature. He's like, you don't have a temperature. And I, he was like, do you have a cough or anything? And I'm like, no. He's like, do you have diarrhea? Well, all the like main things. And I'm like, no. And I was, I already told him, I was like, I don't like really like believe in the like all of the hype of the coronavirus, but like I have a baby at home. I want to make sure it was like, okay, you know. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that's like fine. Um, he's like, like, I don't know, like maybe you do have the coronavirus, maybe you don't. And I was like, well, do I need to like need to get tested? And he's like, well, we don't do do any testing here. Um, he's like, you can go to like uh blank hospital and get tested. And I was like, uh, okay, like should I? And then he, here's where it gets real juicy, real juice magoose. He's like well, yeah, you could, but just keep in mind that there's lots of like false positives well, and there's false negatives. And possibly if you got tested, you could be a false positive and you'd have to like quarantine for two weeks. And then he like went on, said some more stuff. And then he kind of like said that again, translation, if you go get tested, you're going to test positive because anyone who gets tested, not anyone, but most people get tested, test positive. You know why? Because they're testing for coronavirus. They're not testing specifically in all cases for COVIDler 19. So basically what he was saying is uh, you can go get tested, but if you get tested, you're going to be sitting on the bench for two weeks because you're more than likely going to test positive because most people have coronavirus in their like schnozola because the coronavirus is the cold is basically what he said. Not in those exact words. He he was a smart guy. We were both like on the same level. His mouth was saying one thing, but his eyes and eyebrows and mine, we were communicating on a different level. So real interesting. <laughs> so let's get to the idea of the week, shifting gears. Let's get this thing back on track because I'm, it's getting a little too loose. No, we're fine. So this is something that I've thought about doing. Then this would actually like kind of fold in with my demo business and other shit. I know, uh, I know a guy who like does this. 
and he makes real good money doing it and it's real easy and it is a base well it's not it's easy conceptually but it's like pretty hard work so you have to have some physicality or be able to get some guys that have physicality so it is a basement waterproofing business and foundation repair don't let it scare you it's super simp so what you do is uh you can like fix bowing walls you can fix cracks in the foundation you can fix like water um seepage so the guy i know he does foundation repair he does cracks he does french drains so like a french drain is like um if water comes in um like if water gets through the block or like the walls of your foundation um what it does it'll like run down the front of the wall into like basically a uh, trench under your like floor and like drain so like a waterproofing system just make sure that you don't get like water in your basement it it drains it like underneath your slab to like your sump pit and then like pumps it out so he does those systems he does foundation repair crack filling um he does egress windows um so like cuts the block and like puts windows in he does exterior french drains and he does i think he does radon systems too and i think he puts in like sump pits don't let it scare you. It's super simple. So like if you have a bowling wall, what he does is you can go online. There's a couple different companies where you can go online. There's one in Kansas City where you can just go online and just say like, I need like, you can order um, I-beams that are specifically for like bracing like bowling walls in the basement. That's what he does. I think each, I think to buy each like I-beam for him is about like uh a hundred bucks or 50 bucks and then the um i-beam goes into two different like uh uh like an anchor that anchors it to the floor and then an anchor that anchors it to like the uh joists of your the joists of like your um framing i think like all together it's like 75 bucks per beam and he charges 500 dollars to install them so he did one for me. He put up five beams. It was 2,500 bucks. And it took them four hours to do. Three guys, three of his laborers did it in four hours. Uh, that's pretty good. So let's get the old calcul calculating device out. So he charged Jaboy 2,500 bucks. He, hold up. <laughs> Each each one was seventy five bucks times five, okay. That's three hundred seventy five bucks. He had um, three guys that did uh, four hours. So let's say you're paying each guy twenty bucks an hour, which you're not. That's sixty times four. That two hundred. That's two hundred and forty bucks in like labor. Um, minus. So he made like put in his pocket probably. Uh, 1300 to a thousand bucks. So probably let's say like a thousand bucks. So every time he does that, he makes a thousand dollars, like straight into his pocket. And when he did that, like he was in like the Bermuda or he was in like the Bahamas. So I called him and he was like, yeah, my guys can like come do it. I'm in the Bahamas. Don't talk to me. Don't call me again. So he does that. He does like crack filling, which <laughs> crack filling. They just, it's basically like a sort of like caulking. They have like a big caulking gun. They like drill a little hole into the crack and then they like put this crack, this uh, wall filler in. I don't know what it's made of. And then over like five days, it hardens to like five times as hard as your wall. So you're like good to go. I think on that website where he orders it, it's like 
one tube of that is like 50 bucks. I think they charge like 500 bucks to do that. It takes like 30 minutes maybe to do. So it's real profitable. The other thing they do is like interior French drains, like a drainage system. And I believe that they charge $6 like per foot they put the drain in. So let's say you have a house that is, uh, let's just say it's like the basement is 50 feet, uh, is 50 feet by like 75 feet. So that's a total, so a total that's 275 linear feet and it, it charges charges $6 per foot to do that. So for him to do that basement, it would be like, uh, it'd be more than that. It would be like about 2000 or 2,500 bucks. My parent, uh, my, uh, mother and father-in-law, they have a pretty big house. It's like 2000 square feet on the main level. So the basement's like 2000 square feet. And the quote for them to have a French drain inside is like six grand. And all you do is like you bust up the concrete up against the wall and then you dig down to like past the footing, you put um, like plastic tubing down there, you throw rocks over it, you pour concrete back onto it, and then you just slope it towards like the sump pump. So it's like, like all this stuff is like super, super simple as far as um, like it's super straightforward. I mean, it's obviously jackhammering concrete and then carrying out in buckets is hard work, but it's it's like fairly simple. So you can learn how to do it like fairly easily. The other thing is like you can get all of these materials um, just like online. It's the same that every other like waterproofing place uses. And then once you like do that a while, just using the online stuff and you have a track record, then you can go specifically with like there's major manufacturers that just manufacture like basement waterproofing and foundation repair like uh, equipment. So then you can like get with them and do like more, um, more like complex stuff. So like, let's say there's a house and like the back corner of the foundation has like a stair step crack in the block or whatever. And so like a metal beam won't really do anything for that. You need like a different kind of product. So these other companies make like, um, like a, a carbon fiber, like strap that can strap that up. So it doesn't like break. So you can get into more like crazy stuff like that, but it's like, it's conceptually really easy. Tons of people like need that, those kind of things. Um, basement walls crack and like you get water in the basement all the time. And like people need that all the time. Uh, people also need like, uh, they also like do other things like, you know, like concrete repair and stuff like that. So that's stuff that people like always are going to need. So I think it's like a really good business. There's a business here in town and the people that have it, it's like one of the bigger ones in the country and they're like multimillionaires. And I've seen their bills for like some of the stuff that they do. They do like full basement waterproofing and like encapsulation and stuff. I bought a flip and the lady had this company come in and like do a ton of work. And the receipt for all the work they did was like $25,000. Real insane. They did all kinds of crazy stuff. So it's super, uh, it's a super profitable business. And it's like something that no homeowner, you're never going to like be like, Oh, I can like probably fix the bowling ball myself. It's just not something that people like attempt to do. You know, the other thing too, is like, you can, when you're doing this and you know how to do it, you can like offer like 25 year warranties. Cause <clears throat> most of the time, 
depending on the situation, it's like if there's a bowling, I could bought a house that was built in the twenties that had a bowling wall, had a bunch of these guys come look at it and they're like, yeah, we can like do something. But they're like, it's like done moving, dude. It's like as moving as much as it's ever going to move. It's been like this for 80 years. But because I was selling it as a flip, I had to like have it secured just so people would be cool with it. But they were like, yeah, we can like warranty this for like 30 years because it's not, it's done moving. <clears throat> and my bill for that was like three grand. And those guys did it, I think, in like a day and a half. So real popular, real, it's popular. It's something that people are like scared of too. Cause they're like, Oh my God, the wall's blowing. The whole building's going to collapse. So people are like, yeah, like let's like get it taken care of. So people are willing to pay for that. They're not going to do it on their own. They're not going to be like, you know, like I'll go outside and like do the digging down to the footing and then you guys can do the rest. Not how it works. So basement waterproofing, not an original idea, a very good idea. If you're looking for uh, something to get into, now let's get into the three critiques of the day. So hold up. <laughs> I'm big into the flavored water now. I'm off pop. I figured like Diet Coke can't be good for you because a lot of people, I, well, I'm not going to get into that, but I don't think it's good for you. Let's just leave it at that. We're getting into the three critiques. Great little critique skis. Um... So somebody that I know, a friend of a friend of a friend, was like, I want to like get in, I want to start a landscaping business. Any ideas? Dude, if you can get into landscaping, you know what you're doing. If like, if you know about plants and like where to plant things to make it look good or whatever, and you can paint a picture for people, landscaping is a fucking amazing business. Really good. You can make a ton of money. I know people who make tons and tons of money doing landscape. Because that's another thing that people are, like, not going to, like, really do on their own. I mean, they'll do some stuff, but it's, like, I'm not going to, like, go out of my backyard and, like, make... I'm not going to do a brick paver patio on my own. That's too hard to work. Or, like, a or like a big retaining wall. My mother and father-in-law had to have, like, a big-ass retaining wall, like, replaced on the side of their house. And the blocks were, like, the size of... The blocks were the size of, like... Um, they were like three feet long and like two feet wide and two feet tall. Uh, you're not going to be like, I'll just do it myself. Fuck no. They had to use like a bobcat to lift them into place. Cray, cray. <laughs> That's not good. <laughs> Thank you, Edgar. Um, <laughs> sorry. So um, if you know how to do that, if you're into like landscaping and you're like into that kind of thing, especially like hardscaping, putting in fire pits, people are nuts about fire pits. You can make like a lot of money. And it's like landscaping is expensive to have done. My parents built a house like uh, probably like 15 years ago and the backyard like sloped downhill. So they were like, let's like level this bitch off and put a retaining wall back there. And the the lawn wasn't like, it wasn't an acreage or anything. The lawn was probably like, I don't know, your typical like width. So maybe 70 feet. And the retaining wall would have been like four or five feet tall. They got like a couple bids. It was like almost 20,000 bucks. It was like... Well, I don't think it was that expensive. It was like eleven or twelve thousand dollars for that, dude. That's a lot of money. That job's hard. That's kind of like the foundation thing. That's like hard physical work, but it's like really conceptually easy. You know, you bring in a bobcat. You, you the blocks are inexpensive. All that stuff's inexpensive. It's just like the labor to do it, and they pay the laborers ten or twelve bucks an hour. So, love it. Landscaping. Dash was it.
Big thumbs up. That's a thumbs up from the show. Landscaping. Love it. I should have got into that probably, but I don't want to kill myself. <laughs> Unloading like river rock out of the back of a dump truck with a shovel. No, not my thing. So here's something that people are talking about on the interwebs. I'm in a bunch of like face group, entrepreneur groups. Most of it's pure scam spamming. This is pure spamming, I think, but some people like fall for it. And I always say like, don't get involved in that. And it's like at Forex trading, do not try to do Forex trading. That f money trading, okay, so Forex is like you're trading like pair, uh, currency pairings like against each other. That's so fucking volatile. Do not get involved in that. Unless you do your like own research, even then, like I wouldn't. It's way too complex. It's way too volatile. Just stay out. I don't like that. No, don't get involved. Um, people are like selling courses online. Don't do that either. That's a waste of your time. If you really want to learn about it, you can like go fund an account on like TD Ameritrade or whatever TD Ameritrade is now. I think Schwab. And I think that they have like little like like a little learning academy where you can learn about stuff. If you really want to like learn about Forex trading, start with something credible like that. Don't buy a course from somebody in Turkey about learning how to like do currency trading because they're always like, I make $20,000 a day. Well, if you make $20,000 a day, why are you fucking around selling a course? That doesn't make any sense. So that's not good. <laughs> Thank you, Edgar. Appreciate you. Um, <laughs> this is like turning into the gym room show where no one knows what the hell's going on. So the third one is there's a lot of talk. This is kind of a gateway to another small rant. There's like a lot of talk online of people like promoting and like trying to recruit you to do like multi-level marketing. Maybe I've talked about this before, but I saw a kid and he was like, multi-level marketing, that is like so bad. It's like blah, blah, blah. And he was just shitting all over it. And he's like, anyone who does that's an idiot. He like posted like this thing from uh, on YouTube about somebody just bashing multi-level marketing. And they're like making money off the backs of your friends by selling them products you don't need. And it was like really like irritating because I was like, dude, you work for the government. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Mind your own business, dude. So that pissed me off. I think multi-level marketing can be good. Um, now that I'm talking about this, I'm like 95% sure I've already talked about multi-level marketing. It's all coming back to me. So that's not good. This has been a little bit of a topsy-turvy up. The ups, the downs, the rants. Really sad stuff. So maybe next week I'll put together about something about like uh, doing a franchise, like buying into a franchise, what I like, what I don't like. Speaking of franchises, one really popular one that's kind of, um, I wouldn't do this, but it kind of goes hand in hand with what I'm doing is 1-800-GOT-JUNK. I think that's a... Good franchise, yo. Basically what they do is they do what I'm doing. They run around and pick up trash. But that's a really like interesting one. Maybe I'll talk about that guy's story because I think the story of that guy starting the franchise is like pretty cool. Basically, he was like poor. He was like a poor kid and he like needed something to do and he like bought a pickup truck. And he's like, hey, I can like haul junk out of your house for you. And then he started a uh, 1-800-GOT-JUNK. And his motto was like, if you call me, I'll come the same day and like pick up all your junk and haul it to the dump for you. And he went from that. And I think now he's worth $300 million. I think that the, I don't remember the guy's name. He just recently started another um, company called like 
same day painting or like 72 hour painting where no matter how big your house is, it has to be a house. It can't be like some gigantic warehouse. No matter how big your house is, they'll like guarantee they can get it all painted in like two days. So his thing is like he, he, he starts these little like businesses that are all around like pain points, which I think is like really good. So 1-800-GOT-JUNK, it's like I'll be there like same day. Um, I'll give you like upfront pricing, blah, blah, blah. It's super simple. The painting thing, you know, the pain point with painting is like, well, painting takes forever. So they just basically send like 30 people to your house to paint. So that's a pain point thing. And then another one kind of along those same lines is um, Benjamin Franklin, the punctual plumber. And the people that started that franchise were like, well, what's the biggest complaint about plumbers? Is they're like, I'll be there between 8 a.m. and 5 p.m. And you're like, that's the fucking whole day, dude. And they're like, yeah, forget about it. So then Benjamin Franklin's like, we'll be there at like 8.30 and we'll be there within like five minutes, like plus or minus that, or you don't pay. So people were like, well, yeah, I'll like call them because they can give me like a specific time. So those are some good businesses that are like, the owners were like, what's like a pain point in my industry? So I think that's a really good thing to think about if you want to start your own business or if you want to start buy into a franchise that does something like that. Look at that. I turned the episode around. I took something that was completely ridiculous and we got her on track. That was a strong opening though. I like the um, opening of music where we fade out. It's kind of like if you ever listen to Coast to Coast AM, they always play a little witchy music. So maybe we'll... Let's see what's it. We're going to fade out. Remember to like the show. Share the show. Cherish the show. I want you to tell two people. I want those two people to tell two people. And then those people tell two people. And before you know it, everyone will be listening to the show. But uh, anyway, I'll clean it up next time. I'll get a little bit, I'll make it a little bit more, a little more tighter. I won't be texting during the show. That was sad. So uh, till next week, we'll see ya.